Hi friends and welcome to Ollie Ted Talks, a podcast by me, Ollie Ted Lewis, where I share conversations with friends and stories about things like pop culture, travel, comedy, music and LGBTQ plus issues. Each episode I dive into a different topic of the week and then I share any questions, stories and thoughts from you, the listeners. I also share my album of the week, the album that I think you should be listening to after this podcast episode is finished, of course. For no other reason than the fact that I like to think that I've got impeccable music taste, but you can be the judge. Then I share with you something that I love uh, and something that I hate uh, from the week. It sounds like a business of fucking porno. I'll try to keep it topical, but to be honest, I don't watch the news, so we'll see how that goes. This week I'm going to be talking about coming out and my experience with gay shame. Now, I have got a bit of a potty mouth, so if you're surrounded by kids or people who are easily offended, you might want to pop your headphones in for this one. But other than that, without further ado, I think we should crack on with the show, don't you? Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Ollie Ted Talks with me, Ollie Ted Lewis. I've had some good news this week. My contract's been extended where I work. Last week I was saying that I was potentially going to be unemployed again and was a bit, little bit um stressed out about that. I mean, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was stressed out, but I was a bit like, oh fuck, this is going to be tough. Um but no, my contract got extended, so I've had some good news. So that's fab. Happy about that. And like I would say that that's been the highlight of my very dull coronavirus pandemic week but actually the highlight of my week has been discovering the show parks and recreation oh my god i can't believe so this is a new show to me i've only just discovered it but um it's been out for about 12 years like the first series aired 12 years ago and i am just floored that it's taken me this long to discover it because whew, I'm, I'm i'm pretty obsessed i'm not gonna lie you know i knew the lead character was the mum from mean girls I knew that it was this, like, sitcom that was quite funny, supposedly, and I I had, like, I knew about its existence, but I had just never really um, been interested enough to watch it. Oh my fucking god, it is probably the funniest sitcom I've ever watched. I mean, no offence, like, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, no offence to you, hun, like, that is a fab show too. Um, <laughs> but, oh my god, like, I'm only on, I think I'm almost finishing season two, which... It's quite a feat considering there's like 25 episodes in in a season. Um, but I'm just, a, I'm obsessed with it. It's so fucking funny. So if you haven't watched it, oh my God, you need to. Um, and if you have, everyone's been telling me, oh my God, just wait, it gets better and better. And oh, <laughs> oh, this is lockdown life, I suppose, isn't it? Like the height of my week, my biggest point of excitement, you know, other, other than keeping my job, I suppose, is a TV series, <laughs> like a sitcom. I tried to like explain the plot to my friend to try and get her to watch it. And I ended up just being like, oh yeah, it's about this woman who wants to build a park because she works for, works for the government. And <laughs> basically her goal is to get this pit filled in and get a park built there. And like, as I was hearing myself explain the plot to my friend, I was like, I am, I'm not doing this show any justice. I'm like, <laughs> she must've been thinking, why the fuck would I want to watch a TV show about a fucking a pit getting filled in? Like what? <laughs> but how 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 do I even explain the plot? You know, it's, I think part of the comedy and part of why it's so good is because it's just like so deadpan. And oh, I love it! I love it! I just needed to get that off my chest here and early. Parks and Recreation. I'm obsessed. 
They're not sponsoring me for saying this. I wish someone was. I mean, I'm pretty sure the show finished about six years ago, so it'd be a pretty late, pretty late in the game for them to sponsor me. Um, but you know, hey, if anyone does want to sponsor me, I'm open to it. I'm open. Oh, not not the first time I've said that. Anyway, um, should we should we move on? Um, and maybe I should actually introduce what my topic of the week is going to be this week. So those of you who listened to my first episode will know that it was about sexuality and um i gave a little overview of some of my experiences growing up gay and being gay and within that obviously was like the phase of my life where i was coming to terms with it and coming out and i said that i was going to do a separate episode about coming out because it's quite quite an intricate thing to talk about and so that is what i'm going to do today i'm going to publish an episode about coming out now i know that a lot of the time coming out stories can tend to be focused around gay men and obviously there's people who are non-binary people who are transgender like lesbians queer people all there's all different types of people bisexuals um and that you know i do want to um be able to represent their stories too however i am going to talk about my own experience and i do identify as a gay man so um, if you have got your own experience that you'd like to share with me and want me to share on the podcast, then please do get in contact with me. I'm hello.ollyted at gmail.com or you can message my Instagram at ollytedtalks. I'd love to hear from you and to be able to share your thoughts. Um, I have got a section of the podcast later on as well where I've had some people message me. So in the questions, thoughts, stories section, I'll talk about their experiences too. Um, but for now, darling, it's all about me. <laughs> oh dear. Oh god. Right. Um. So, yeah, coming out. Um. Actually, to start off the coming out episode, um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about gay shame and how that works because I know that a lot of people who listen to my podcast aren't gay, so they might not necessarily know what gay shame can kind of do to a person to then make coming out such an overwhelming experience. And such a, such a daunting one. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my experience of gay shame and what it means. So growing up, we all kind of hear homophobic language and, uh, you know, we don't really see LGBTQ plus people represented in media um, as much as we should. And um, that can really take a toll on your brain when you're gay because you're kind of given all these signals that you're different and you're not normal and that can really have quite a deep effect on your psyche. Even years and years after coming out, most gay people still feel some kind of shame or um, like feel like they shouldn't be too gay or act a certain way. I know for me for a very long time after I came out, and I'm, I'm still subconsciously guilty of it now, I will act a certain way to try and um, prevent people from judging me for being gay or seeing it as a weakness and that is something that is kind of um, built into us as we grow up from a very young age for example like i remember when i was like 18 19 and i had my first boyfriend whenever me and him would go into the shops he would put on this entire act where he would put on a low voice and a really like really full-on accent to try and make out like he was this like butch masculine guy um just as a defense kind of thing to make sure that, you know, he wasn't going to get, I guess, sussed for being gay, even though we were boyfriends and we were in there together. And I actually used to, like, take the piss a bit and I'd, like, go and hold his hand or, like, (laughs) kiss him on the cheek or something just because I'd be like, oh, it's so annoying that you're doing that. But it's a very real thing and it's something that I catch myself doing a lot, Um, you know, especially, like, if I'm in a group around a lot of heterosexual males, I'll just 
subconsciously put on a little bit of a front just because the insecurity and deep shame about my sexuality is, is still there. And to be honest, the thing is, growing up, um, it's not just gay people who who feel that shame. A lot of the time, you know, I know for me in school, um, people would be like, oh, that's so gay. Oh my God, you're a girl. You know, there'd be all these things thrown at other myself and other boys that would actually make uh, straight people not want to be called gay. And then that would create this internalized homophobia for them and then they would then think that if they presented any traits that were feminine or you know stereotypically gay then that made them weak and therefore um they would hate gay people for that and it would be you know the fault of gay people that they kept getting called gay uh, which just creates more hatred overall so you know homophobia affects everyone really not just um not just gay people to be honest, like gay shame is something that I've only really learned more about in the past few years. It's something that has always affected me, but it's ne- never something that I've really understood. Um, and it's it's not an easy thing to talk about, really. Like it it kind of uh, flies in the face of gay pride. You know, we're supposed to be proud and loud, and uh, uh, you know, and I I do feel those things. I am really proud that I'm a gay man, but I can't deny that that shame is is really deep within me, and that there are times where I feel um uncom- uncomfortable about my sexuality and the thi- the thing is as well i feel like wider society has never really shown care for kids who who struggle to like come to terms with themselves like you know if you look back on section 28 which i think Mar- margaret thatcher put in place for years and years school teachers were not allowed to talk to young children about sexuality at all so the whole subject of it was just completely wiped out and the effects of that even though section 28 was no longer in place when i was in secondary school and coming to terms with my sexuality the effects of that definitely continued on because if i ever expressed to a teacher that i was being bullied or upset about being gay that teacher would just shut down they they would never help me or anything and it's funny as well because i remember um you know, if anyone ever said something racist in school in front of a teacher or something ableist or, you know, something of that nature, um, they would get into trouble. And like, rightly so, of course, you should, you should get into trouble for being racist or ableist. And it didn't stop it happening around the school. You know, there was still like awful discrimination going on. Um, but the difference was that you, you couldn't do those things in front of a teacher in the classroom, whereas homophobia was just not taken seriously at all. You You know, you could shout, homophobic abuse across a classroom and a teacher wouldn't even bat an eyelid you know the the way that affected me and my view of myself growing up was quite significant and you know having that for so many years of course it's going to affect the way you view yourself in the long term and so that shame can really come out in quite ugly ways as you get older and and it can stay with you throughout adulthood you know it's not a coincidence that things like alcoholism drug use suicide are just like so much more common within the lgbtq plus community because you know we we have all been through these things and gay shame or you know trans shame or whatever kind of shame you've experienced affects you in the long term and um yeah i i i am very happy with myself and i wouldn't i'm no i'm in no way shape or form ashamed of my sexuality now however i am undergoing like a process and a journey where i'm i'm slowly coming to appreciate my sexuality in more ways and feel more confident to be open about it. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be times, especially with me, like I've traveled a lot of places, there's going to be times where keeping my sexuality quiet is is keeping me safe, you know? So many countries, there's it's illegal to be gay. So many people will you know, attack you for being gay. I mean, 
crimes against LGBTQ people are on the rise, even here in the UK. So yeah, um, you know, that's just that is just what it's what it is. Um, but yeah, that shame is so deeply with within you, um, that it makes coming to terms with your sexuality and accepting yourself a long and tricky process, even after you've come out. So yeah. That that is my little explanation of gay shame. There's a lot more to it. And um, there's a book by Will Young called To Be a Gay Man and a book by Matthew Todd called Straight Jacket. I've mentioned those books before, but honestly, those books changed my life and like the way I see myself and my sexuality. So like I, I really like I highly recommend reading those for more information on that, if you so wish. Um but yeah, I'm gonna talk to you about my coming out experience. So like I've said before, I was about eleven years old when I figured out that I was gay. And for those years, my internalized shame and self-hatred about my sexuality were so, so deep-rooted to the point where I would even feel, like, guilt over, you know, finding boys attractive. And um, I just, I thought at that time that I was never, ever, ever going to be able to tell anyone I was gay. You know, I envisaged myself living this life, like, having relationships with women, getting married. Like, I saw my life as this kind of I guess this heteronormative ideal of what we expect our lives to be. And I think we all have that as children, you know? When you're a kid, you think, right, when I'm older, I'm going to have three children. I'm going to have a wife or a husband if you're a girl. I'm going to have this career. And you kind of set all this stuff out for yourself of what you think an adult life looks like. Because that's kind of what society makes us believe that an adult life is supposed to look like. You know, you're supposed to get married, have kids, have a house, have a career... (laughs) <laughs> you know, and to be successful. And realistically, actually, not everyone needs to follow those things. A lot of people do. Nothing wrong with it. You know, it's it's how our society is. But for me and for a lot of other people, those things, even if they're even not gay people, even some straight people don't want kids. They don't want a house. They don't want to follow this thing that is supposed to define your success. Because, you know, I mean, for me, my success, I definitely don't hold those values. And you know, think that I need to be married and have kids in a house to be successful or to be happy because they're just not things that I personally aspire to have. Obviously, a lot of people do. Good for you. <laughs> you know, like, like honestly, so happy for my friends who are thriving in marriages and with houses and stuff. Like, really, I'm not, I'm not saying that that isn't something you should aspire to have, but it's not something that every single person has. We're all completely different, you know? So yeah, like as a as a teen, thought that I had to really keep this secret of my sexuality because those were the things that I was going to have to aspire to have one day. And um, to be honest, I on when I was this age, I didn't really think about the future that much. It was kind of a foreign concept to me. Obviously, I'd never fucking been exposed to what a gay adult's life can look like. Nobody had ever discussed that with me. No one had ever taught me about it. So I didn't see a future i just kind of focus on the present and getting through everything and um it was when i was about 15 that i made a group of girlfriends obviously i've said before that this was the first time i really felt comfortable around people with my sexuality because they these girls were my friends because they wanted a gay best friend basically um and i told i think the first people i told was a three or four of these girls i said to them that i was bisexual which you know like <laughs> sometimes i feel bad for people who are bisexual because this is ho- this whole biphobic idea that bisexual is just what gay people say they are before they're ready to come out fully and that was the case for me i'm not going to lie obviously it's not always the case but 
I just felt a little bit more comfortable saying I was bisexual because I was so fucking terrified at the prospect of being out as gay and what that might ensue, what that might entail. And saying I was bisexual meant that I could still kind of, I was like dipping my toe out of the closet, but keeping a little bit in just in case it went badly. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. And yeah, I told a few of these girls, I said that I was bisexual. And I guess at that age, obviously I was in school, I did not really want that kind of stuff going around the school. But I think I'd got to a point where I was starting to not care as much because I was just so desperate to just be able to be myself. And being friends with these girls was the first time that I kind of felt like I could be camp and funny and silly and be myself because they that was what they wanted. They wanted a gay best friend. So... I told a few people that I was bisexual. I think I had this little group of friends in my year and I think about, I'd say about 15 people knew. And like, they were all completely non-judgmental. None of them cared, you know, pretty much. I think everyone fucking knew. I, I got called gay from the age of about nine. So everyone knew anyway. But just having that little bit of a support system and uh, having, you know, just a few people be like, yeah, you're bi, that's cool, whatever. It was, it was, it was really nice. It was good to have. However, like the fear, it didn't really tackle the fear I had. And I, I ended up leaving school at 15 because um, like I finished my GCSEs. So, and I was the youngest in my year. So I was 15 when I finished secondary school. And I remember I really, really, really wanted to tell my family. Like I was, I was just desperate to tell them. And I used to say to my friends, tonight's the night I'm going to tell my family. I'm going to go and just say it to my mum. And I'd like walk home and it'd be on my brain I'd like have a shower after school. And I specifically remember being stood in the shower and thinking, right, this is the night I'm going to tell mum. I'm going to tell mum that I'm gay. And I would just like, I would build myself into this absolute frenzy in my head where I would have incredible anxiety. I'd be like freaking out, like my heart would be pounding. And this would just be me thinking about telling her that I was gay while in the shower. And I would just be like, I'd feel like I was going to fucking faint while I was in the shower, just thinking about telling her and um, the thing is, I knew that my mum would be fine with it. She had made it very clear, you know, and, and in fact, her her own family, like her own mum was bisexual. Like there was never going to be any worry about me getting kicked out of the house or anything like that, which I know a lot of people have with coming out. I didn't have, ha- like, I knew that there wasn't going to be a bad reaction, but I had so much internalized shame of my sexuality and all these signals suggesting that a, a life with, a life as a homosexual was not going to, Um, be fulfilling or be good or worthy of being put in media, you know, Um, that the thought of my whole life changing because I've said this thing, I'm gay, that was so true and something I'd been struggling with for such a long time. The idea of it it being out and being my family knowing about it and this thing I'd held on to and that was so painful for so many years, it was just so unbelievably overwhelming and scary. And I just... I, for weeks and weeks, I'd come home and I'd want to. I'd want to tell my mum. I'd want to tell my family, but it was just too much. Like it was too painful and too scary. So I, I just, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. It's hard for me now to remember like why this happened or how. But basically, between leaving school and starting college, so like when I was, so the summer of twenty twenty, so twenty twenty, oh my god, the summer of twenty ten. So between me turning fifteen and sixteen. Somewhere in that time, I had gone from having half a foot out the closet to a group of close friends in school to pulling that foot back in and just basically just bringing myself back into the closet. I don't know why, like, because my reaction had been positive from the small group of people I'd said that I was bi to. Um, but 
I just, I don't know why I just decided to kind of not talk about it anymore. So, um, I didn't, so I didn't tell anyone else that I was gay for a while. And, um, there was one occasion during the summer that I remember, and it sticks out in my head. And I know it was the summer of 2010 because, um, I just, from this day, I remember Katy Perry, California girls being on the radio. Yes, I'm gay. That is a memory that sticks out in my head. Okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I remember on this day, California girls had just come out. So it was the summer of 2010. And, uh, so I had just finished school. And during this time, I had been comfort eating quite a lot. It was definitely, uh, something I'd been using as like a coping mechanism with everything that was going on in my head surrounding my sexuality. So I, I had been eating a lot. And basically me and my family, and this other family who was um, like my mum's best friend and all her, like her kids and stuff, we would all go to the beach in the summer. And um, in like, I think 2009, we'd all been to the beach together, got loads of pictures. And I had always been this like toned, thin young lad. And um, in that year, I must have put on a, quite a significant amount of weight because I'd gone from always being that toned young lad to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I was overweight, but I had put on a significant amount of weight. So I was I was a little bit chubby. And um so yeah, we all went to the beach on this day. I'm this like little 15-year-old and I remember taking my top off on the beach and just having this sudden realization that I wasn't the thin lad that I'd always been. And it just put me in this horrible mood. And obviously being 15, everyone else just took that as me being this teenage angsty person, but I was just like re- super self-conscious and ashamed of my body. And it was just like, oh, this whole other shame on top of being gay. I had this fucking shame of what I looked like. So I was not in the best mood that day. And then I can't remember why, but at the time it had been front of my brain that I wanted to come out. I think I'd been watching a lot of gay YouTubers or something. And I think my mum had clocked on to the fact that I was. Um, So for some reason on this day, my mum decided to like ask me literally in front of everyone if I was gay. And... You know, she 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 could never have known the emotions that I was experiencing because I kept it all so secret. That's the thing with shame is that it thrives in secrecy. So she could never have known that I was having such intense, difficult thoughts surrounding my sexuality. So for her to bring that up in front of all our family friends was really triggering. <laughs> and um, she, yeah, she was like, so, oh, are you gay? I can't, can't remember what she said. She basically just, she just wanted me to tell her because, you know, to her, it was no big deal. She'd known for fucking ever, you know? So she just wanted to, for me to clear the air. I was 15 now, but um, I panicked. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, like, what? No, I'm not gay. And I think I, this is verbatim. This is what I said word for word. I went, no, I'm going to have a wife and she's going to have long hair all the way down to her knees. <laughs> I, I honestly, in the, in, the free, in the moment of freaking out, I honestly, I'm pretty sure that's what I said. As I said, I was going to have a wife with long hair down to her knees. Yeah, straightest thing I could think of, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously was not convincing. Um, but I was so upset that she'd brought it up and I remember being in the foulest mood for the rest of the day. And then afterwards I was like, fuck's sake that was my opportunity to say but it just in the mo- it was just not the right moment to ask me a question like that and yeah i was really upset by it so and there was a few more instances of this in this year i remember my mum would like bring it up i remember we sat and watched a documentary called jamie drag queen at 16 which i think everyone knows that documentary now because it inspired the musical everybody's talking about jamie and me i sat and watched that with my mum and my sisters and it was all about this kid called jamie who goes to prom dressed as a drag queen because he he 
as a drag queen. So um, we we watched that, and then my my mum sat and said to all of us, you know, if any of you were to be gay, like I'd be all right with it. Like you can just tell me. And you know, that was another occasion where I sat there in silence because it was just too too scary to say anything. Um, and yeah, I, I just went through this period of time where I just I continued to not say anything. And I think the reason the idea of telling my family that I was gay was particularly scary and difficult was because for all the years that I had been bullied in school for being gay and for being different, home had always been my safe space. Like my mum and my two sisters were the people who I felt the most comfortable around and the people who like I shared all these memories with and who I loved more than anyone. And so the idea of like telling them that I was gay and it's somehow changing things was just absolutely terrifying like I just didn't I didn't want that to happen um so anyway I turned 16 I went to college and um studied performing arts did a diploma and this at this time this was when I met the most incredible people it was like the first time basically that I'd been around a group of people where I didn't feel marginalized or picked on or um different it was just a group of people who all loved performing arts had a good time together and it was honestly to this day it's one of the best groups of people I've ever been around like fucking love love my college gang you're the best um but yeah when I first started the course I just didn't tell anyone I was gay and uh, do you know what's do you know what's quite funny thinking back actually so this was 2010 I had a bright pink Sony Ericsson phone but it was because I think my phone had broken or something and my youngest sister had had this bright pink phone so I like walked into college with this bright pink phone i'm pretty sure i was wearing a pink top on my first day actually and there i was being like yeah i'm not gonna mention to anyone that i'm gay <laughs> like i fucking needed to say anything but yeah um so that was i didn't say anything about my sexuality for a little while and then during this time i started going on nights out for the first time so i, I turned 16 and me and friends started having house parties and going on nights out, getting into bars. I know, very naughty, shouldn't have done it. But, you know, we we were young. And obviously, alcohol lowers your inhibitions. And I remember just really loving the feeling of not actually caring what people thought and what I was going to say. So that actually made it easier for me to um, open up. And it was on a night out. I was at a house party, I think maybe four or five months into college. And my friend Louisa, who I talk about on here all the fucking time, um, I told her she was like the first person that I said to. I was like, yeah, like I, I think I like guys. And it was so lovely. And we hugged and she was so lovely and supportive. And actually, since then, she has also come out as gay. But at the time, she, she didn't mention that. But, you know, she that was that was amazing. And then, like, slowly I started to tell more people. And then eventually everyone on my course knew. And um, it was it was great because it wasn't a fucking big deal. It was it had been built up to be such a big thing in my head, but nobody cared. And that was that was so lovely. Those two years in college were so incredibly healing. And um, I did, like, try the whole telling people I was bisexual thing at first and, like, saying I was bi. And then I remember one girl made a comment to me saying, like, we know that you're not bisexual, like, we know that you're gay, so you should just say that you're gay, you know, because otherwise it's kind of like a coward's move. And this girl said this to me, and I remember um, my jaw, like, dropped when she said it. And I remember in my head thinking, you have no fucking idea how much courage it has taken for me to even tell one single person that I'm gay. And I remember just being fuming that she'd said that. But... As much as she had kind of worded it in an insensitive way, the resonation of what she was actually saying did sit with me. And after that, I was I was like, do you know what? Actually, I just need to tell people that I'm gay. Um, so I did. 
And then a few months after being out to my friends, I was sat at home with my mum and my sisters. No, actually, my sisters weren't there. It was just me and my mum. And um, she, someone posted on my Facebook page, like a friend from college posted on my Facebook page, just saying something like, big gay love to you, Ollie, like at the end of a sentence. And then loads of kisses. And my mum had read it on, my, on Facebook. And she like turned and looked at me and she was like, what's this big gay love? And she was like, are you gay to me? <laughs> and I like looked at her and I was just like, yeah. And she was like, oh, all right. And I remember like my whole body just was like, <gasps> like <laughs> the tension, man. I was like, fuck. And I was like, I was just like, I'm just going to say it. So I was like, yeah, I am. And my mum was like, right, okay. And then she goes, really? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, well, cool. I'll have to take you to a gay bar sometime then. <laughs> and I was like, oh, mum. <laughs> And that was that. And she was she was just like so chill about it. And um I I can't even put into words the weight off my shoulders that that interaction gave me. Like just having it out there and having a positive reaction from my mum. It was you know, people use the phrase all the time it's like a weight off your shoulders when you come out and I can't even fucking put, I can't do justice to how true that is. Like it, I, it was like I had been walking around carrying all this weight and this pain and this hurt and this shame. And it was it was like someone had just taken this fucking massive weight and just lifted it. Um, and yeah, not long after that, I, I sat, I stood both my sisters together and like said to them, yeah, like I need to tell you something, I'm gay. And I mean, they were both quite a bit younger than me, so they hadn't really, they didn't know. They didn't really know what it meant. Um, but they were also super supportive and they didn't get, like, they obviously didn't realise that the fact that their older brother was obsessed with Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Big Brother, and, like, <laughs> camp as fuck. They obviously, did, obviously didn't equate that to me being gay. It was just what their big brother was like. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they were lovely and supportive too. And just having the support of, like, the three people who meant the most to me was so, like, it was just so strengthening. And after that, you know, coming out was easy. I didn't, I, I didn't care what anyone thought anymore. I mean, you know, on a base level anyway, you know, obviously there was still the shame and stuff that I've had to work through since, but knowing that they had my back and that my friends didn't loved me, it was like going forward from that, I was just able to be the authentic version of myself that I had been wanting to be for so long. And all those years that I had kind of kept this deep, dark secret and been so guarded and stuff, that was when... I guess the journey of me finally being able to be myself started. And a lot of people say that gay people don't experience their adolescent years until they're like 18, 19, 20, because obviously they, they can't express themselves properly as teenagers. And I, I definitely think that's true. And I've always felt like I'm a few years um, behind everyone else my age. <laughs> but you know, it's to be expected. And yeah, um, so that was my, that was my coming out. It was, it was positive and um, I'm I'm very very lucky to have the family that I have and to have had the incredibly supportive friends because those that period of time in my life I just became a completely different person and and um yeah now here I am 26 years old and it's not to say that the effects of everything I went through up to that point don't still have an effect on me because as I've said before it's not as simple as that of course it does but um. I absolutely, like, the thing, the saying, it gets better, it's so true. 
after school everything gets so much better and um as a, as an adult i then got to find a community of people i now know people who are like me after feeling different for such a long time and the whole the whole weight is just lifted and i am so grateful for that so um yeah that is my little coming out story um like i said before if you would like to share yours if you're non-binary trans lesbian or if you're a gay man or anything else under the umbrella under the umbrella uh, <laughs> just drop me an email i am hello.olliedad at gmail.com i would love to hear what you've got to say on your coming out stories all right and uh let's hear some other people's coming out stories shall we because i'm moving on to my questions thoughts stories of the week Questions, stories, and thoughts. I re- do you know what? I think every time I say the name of this segment, I change it. <laughs> like, I'm like, questions, queries, thoughts, stories, answers, things. So I, I'm gonna... It's questions, stories, and thoughts. So I've had some people contact me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna read some of these out. Okay, so, um, Cal says... I never told my dad I was gay. I chickened out, came out to my mum, but me and my dad have never had a come out speech. He obviously knows, haha, mum told him, but to be fair, he probably knew anyway. <laughs> it's hard though, isn't it? I think like I'm like my dad wasn't in the picture when I came out, so I never had to come out to him. But um I can imagine that as like a gay male coming out to your dad is a little bit scarier. Like I think it's quite common. I've had quite a few friends who've like come out to their mum first, and I guess for me as a gay man, I definitely feel more comfortable around girls sometimes. Um, so I can understand why that would feel more comfortable. And um, hey, your mum told your dad, makes the job easier for you. And coming out is hard enough as it is. So anything that smoothens that ride a bit is for the best, I think. Yeah, definitely. Jack says, I lacked the confidence to tell my parents for ages. I tried so many times and I just couldn't get it out. And then one day my mum messaged me this link to a news article about a sugar mummy saying, you should get one. And I replied with, I'm gay. So she said, well, a sugar daddy then. <laughs> That's That sounds so similar to my story. Like, <laughs> just, you know, just casual. Yeah, why not? And yeah, I lack the confidence to tell my parents of ages. Me too, Jack, me too. The pa- the similar parallels between that and my mum being like, oh, I'll take you to a gay club. Um, just so funny, isn't it? My mum actually has never taken me to a gay club. Um, I found those for myself. <laughs> um, but I hope that, you know, I hope you do find your sugar daddy, Jack. Truly. I had a message from someone who didn't share their name that said, my coming out was so redundant as someone who decided to do it at the beginning of 2020. And so most of my coming out to my family was through social media or phone calls. And all of my family were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And the whole time I was dreading it as a trans person. But now I see so many people coming out as trans too in the public eye. So it's a bit of a relief that I'm not the only one. Congratulations on coming out. That's amazing. And um, I don't think it makes it redundant that um, you've done it via social media or during the pandemic it just means that it's a slightly different experience but hey we we all want to express ourselves authentically and um yeah i'm so glad that people coming out as trans in the media like elliot page recently and um, a few others like i'm glad that's brought you relief and it and it just shows you know that um media representation is so important for us being lgbt and um yeah coming out in any way can be such a daunting experience but it's so worth it so i'm um, very i'm proud of you and congratulations on coming out and i hope that um your family are supporting you 
through this. Um, and yeah, I hope I hope I hope your 2020 feels better for it. Felt. Oh, we're in tw- we're in a new year now, aren't we? 2021. Oh, anyway, I've received a question from my sister Emma. She said, "What advice would you give to your past self slash views on manifestation and vision boarding?" That's a good one, actually. I think if there's one thing I have taken out of like everything I've been through, like when I look back on my former self, I just want to go and give my past self like a huge fucking hug and just tell them that everything's going to be all right and you're not going to feel the way you feel forever, you know, because um, I feel like it's so easy to get bogged down in your emotions and how you feel at a certain time. But a lot of the time, you know, if you think about it, there's probably is a version of you in the future looking back with kinder eyes ready to be like, everything is going to work out, you know, and you can get to a better place. And so if there's one thing I would say to my past self, it was, I would just want to express that. And yeah, manifestation, vision boarding, I mean, fantastic, you know, any tools you can use to kind of help forge a better lifestyle for yourself are fantastic. And um, I think a positive mindset, a positive outlook, and just looking after yourself and taking care of your basic needs, which we can often forget to do, is so important in order to live a be- better life. And um, as I was saying earlier, success, you know, some people measure success by having a career and a house and a family. I think the most successful thing you can be is happy and healthy. And so, um, yeah, vision boarding, you know, do what you can to improve your future and to do what you want to do. Yeah. And, you know, things can get better. And um a lot of the time you just need to tell yourself, you know, think about where you were five years ago and where you are now. Do you think the person five years ago could ever have imagined that you could be where you are now? Quite often the answer is no. And, you know, we don't, we often are so focused on moving forward and thinking about the next thing that we forget to, that the simple things, the little achievements and strides we've made within ourselves are worth celebrating and being grateful for. So yeah, um, that's my answer to that. Thanks there to everyone who's written in. Remember, if you'd like to share your questions, stories, or thoughts, then you just need to email me, hello.olyted at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram. My podcast Instagram is at ollietedtalks. Lovely. So this episode's been a little bit personal, a little bit um, full on so far. So I think it's time for a little bit of escapism, don't you? And um, with that in mind, I'm going to bring us over to the album of the week segment. This is the part of the podcast where I share with you the album that I think you should be listening to after this podcast is finished. And boy, oh boy, I've got a good one this week. Um, It's brand new. It just came out this Friday and it's the debut album from S.G. Lewis, his brand new one. It's called Times. And wow, I mean... This album literally makes me feel like I'm at a beach club in Bali or Ibiza. It's got proper good, like, disco vibes, you know. It just makes me want to be out in the sunshine, sipping a pina colada and two-stepping. Oh, it's so good. Um, Yeah, massively disco-inspired, this one, but kind of with, like, a house pop music edge. Um, There's some absolute tunes on here. A lot of them are kind of about um, partying and meeting people on nights out. And um, that's a vibe we've not really got to experience in real life in quite a while now. Um, so it's like the perfect, it's the perfect soundtrack to just like daydreaming and fantasizing about it. And hey, we've just had a little announcement that we might be able to do that again at some point in the near future. So fingers crossed. But for now, this album will take you there. I'm telling you, oh, it's so good. Um, there's a track on it called Impact, which features the iconic Robin and Channel Trey. Oh, I think that's how you say it. Um, and oh, this song came out last year, so I kind of already knew it, but it is really like 
I would say one of the highlights on the album. I mean, there's not a, there's not a skippable track. It, it, it's definitely my favorite album of the year so far. Like, it's so fucking good. Um, but Impact is just phenomenal. So if you have to listen to one song from the album, like that one is a fucking dream. But then also like so like the first few songs on there are quite are like good vibes, good times. And then as the album progresses, it gets a little bit darker. Um. You, you know, it, I guess it kind of starts out at the beach club in the sunshine during the day. And then towards the end of the album, you kind of get to the gritty, sweaty nightclub <laughs> stage of, of the experience. And then the final track is a song called Fool, which is, I guess that song is probably like the morning after when you're sobering up and feeling a bit shit. Because <laughs> it's a it's a bit of a ballad. Um, but the, the, as a whole, the project is fucking awesome. Um, so cohesive. Um good vibes, good times, and, like, a really strong debut. Like, I can't wait to hear more from S.G. Lewis. Like, I only discovered his music recently. And, like, he's actually the producer behind Dua Lipa's song Hallucinate, which is, like, one of my favourites from her album, and also Experience by Victoria Monet. So he's already produced some pretty big fucking awesome tracks. And, um, they, yeah, I mean, this album is just, like, oh, it's so good. So, yeah, S.G. Lewis Times, Highly recommend. If you're after those good vibes, a little bit of serotonin, get this on your playlist. You're going to love it. Things that make you go. Things that make me go. Yeah. Yes, it's time for me to share with you the thing that I love Uh, and the thing that I hate this week. All right, let's kick off with the thing that I love. uh, (laughs) So, right, the thing that I love this week is strangers that say hello to you and that make friendly conversation with you. Yeah, I think in these times, you know, being in lockdown, um, I wanted to use this one now because... It can get a bit lonely and it can get a bit, you know, shit. Um, not not having friends around, not being able to socialise in the way that we normally would. And so I found that strangers, you know, can just um provide you with that little bit of a boost that you need sometimes. At the moment, I've been walking um to the bus to get the bus to work, and um I've got this little routine at like fucking seven in the morning where I walk past. Uh, this guy who's always stood outside of the chemist. I, was, I don't know what he's doing outside the chemist that early in the morning, but he's there every morning. Maybe he works there, probably. Um, but we always have like a nice little interaction and it sets me up for my day. He says, hiya, mate, how you doing? S- says some kind of joke about, I don't know, the weather. If it's like snowy, he'll make some kind of reference to the snow. He'll ask how I am. And, you know, sometimes we need that. And I think being in the Northeast, people generally are quite friendly up here. I feel like in bigger cities, it's less common for strangers to like interact with you. Um, but I really like it and I appreciate it when someone can go, can go out of their way to be friendly to you. Um, and, you know, they say that uh, if you, what is it? If you smile at one person, it, I don't know. I don't actually know what the saying is, but it spreads the energy, doesn't it? Um, and actually where I work as well, I work in this fucking huge building. And a lot of the time people, people don't speak to each other and, um, I find that a shift goes a lot faster if somebody is willing to start a conversation and be nice while we're working. So, uh, yeah, strangers who talk to you, it, I, I just, I enjoy a nice little chit-chat, a little natter, and um, I know that a lot of people don't appreciate strangers trying to talk to them, um, but, you know, in this world, I think 
we could all do with a little bit more kindness and you never know how lonely someone might be. <laughs> Sounds like I'm referring to myself, doesn't it? I, I, I'm fine, you know? I've got, I've got the stranger by the chemist at 7am. He says hello to me. That's all I need, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, strange, strangers who speak to you, it's nice, isn't it? It's, it's nice. It's nice to be nice. Um, and for no reason as well. Like, you're not trying to get anything out of it because it's a stranger. Just a nice, nice little interaction. It's all, it's all just nice <laughs> yes so um strangers who interact with me oh you know as soon as soon as they start that conversation with me i just go ah! <laughs> right on to the thing that i hate this week so this week the thing that makes me go <gasps> is people sharing their uninformed opinions on the internet <gasps> Yes. Um, so we've had the good kind of strangers, the kind who say hello to you in the street and are nice. Um, maybe it's the same strangers that are sharing their uninformed opinions on the internet. And, you know, it's just the two sides of them. But um, regardless, these strangers that share their uninformed opinions on the internet make me go... <gasps> yeah, I, 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 I'm not a fan, you know. I've had to limit my use of Twitter and Facebook. I actually deleted my Twitter account completely. And I don't really go on Facebook very much because people just like to share stupid shit and it it really gets to me sometimes and specifically i'm going to keep it topical with what this um episode is about specifically a lot of homophobia online and transphobia and 99% of the time it's people sharing views from a completely uneducated point of view a good example of this that ties in with the coming out theme actually is um philip schofield com- came out as gay about a year ago now, um, and he was a 57-year-old man who had been in a marriage for like 20-odd years, and the amount of people I saw sharing stuff saying that they felt sorry for his wife, and saying that he was selfish for not telling her all this time, and just basically demonising Philip Schofield for for being so fucking brave and coming out at that age. Oh my god, it I my blood was boiling when I was reading this stuff on the internet. It just shows to me how much straight people don't fucking understand what it's like to be gay and to have gay shame and to go through all that all that internalized like homophobia all the um messages and stuff you get and what how much it is it is a struggle and for me you know when i saw that philip schofield had come out all i could think was like oh my god that poor man has been in the closet for 57 years and um probably has been dying to come out for such a long time but just has felt to stuck and you know i thought of myself i was very lucky that i felt comfortable and able to come out when i was 16 but had i lived you know in the times that he lived he's a lot older than me i maybe i would have continued on and followed the heteronormative ideals i thought i had to follow and got married and had kids and got to that stage in my life you know who knows and the fact that he kept it a secret and was too scared to say anything until now it doesn't it doesn't mean that he's selfish. How the fuck can that possibly be selfish? It is the most selfless thing ever to put other people's needs before yours to then not live your authentic truth. You know, he was in a situation, I'm sure he loved and cared for his wife and kids so much that he didn't want to hurt them. And so that probably prolonged the process of him not being able to come out. And um, it's just, it's people who have opinions like that who think, oh, he's selfish. They're the kind of people who are the reason that people need to fucking stay in the closet for 57 years because they're too scared of other people sharing their horrible little opinions and microaggressions. So, yes, those people wound me up a lot when that happened. And, yeah, people who just share any uninformed opinions on the internet, racist, transphobic, homophobic, 
so much shit on there. People just love to spew hate. There's so many trolls, and it is a big fat. <sighs> fuck you all, trolls. You suck. <laughs> I hope I'm not gonna um bring some on now. <laughs> Getting trolled on my podcast now because I've ca- called you out. But you know what? You do suck, and you make me go. <sighs> so there. <laughs> Oh, I like this little... I like having a nice little rant at the end of each podcast. (laughs) I might need a little something to calm me down now, though. Hmm. So that was my coming out episode. I hope you enjoyed. Um, And yeah, I've shared quite a lot of personal things on this episode. So I hope that you've like got something out of it or um i hope i haven't upset you <laughs> i hope i haven't upset anyone listening um you know it's just i think it's important to share your truth and um i just wanted to be honest and open about you know what my experience has been coming out and um yeah i just want to make it clear that i'm very very happy that i'm gay and i i love my sexuality and um i love the lgbtq plus community but you know, shame is a very real thing and it's something that our society creates within us growing up. And, um, you know, hopefully in the future when we get better LGBTQ plus education and things start to change and the world becomes a more um, inclusive place, which I am hopeful that that is going to happen, then um, children won't need to have such intense shame anymore. Um, and I really hope that that is the case and that we can build a future where that happens. Like I said before, if you have got any stories or any questions or... Wait, I need to remember what I've called that segment. Any questions, stories, thoughts? There we go. Um, send them to me at hello.ollyted at gmail.com or Instagram at ollytedtalks. And yeah, um, that is my coming out episode. Um, just letting you know, next week there is not going to be a new episode. I know, I can hear all the groans, the shrieks, the cries all the way from here. I know I'm really, I'm sorry, but my new work schedule has kind of messed things up a little bit. Um, Not, I mean, not messed them up. I'm very grateful to be employed, but it means that I'm not going to have time to record an episode for next week. So the next episode will be in two weeks time. Um, But believe you, me, I will make it worth the wait. Okay, I promise. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, you've got plenty of time to send me in your questions, thoughts, Questions, stories, thoughts. There we go. <laughs> and send me topics that you'd like me to cover as well. Um, rate me five stars on Apple Podcasts or your chosen app. And follow my Insta. Comment on my late. If you've if you've got to this point, actually, comment a pride flag on my latest post. You know, share share the love. <laughs> and um, I think that's all I've got to say. Uh, thanks for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Ta-ra! Ollie Lewis is a podcasting god. <gasps>